Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Tasting Anarchy, where I cut the intro song off too early. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, I'm Jacob Lindsay, and as always, I'm joined by Mason Joseph, and uh, we are we, we've met every week. We have not recorded in like two months, so no, we record. I think we recorded an episode that you didn't publish. Oh, that's that's possible. I'll have to go look and see. And if yeah. I did, I'll, I'll put it out. But uh, before we got off in too much of a tangent, Mason reined us back in and said, "Hey, let's." Uh, Let's record this so that we actually have an episode this week. So <laughs> the, the highlight of my weekend was Robbie the Fire Bernstein of uh, Childerberg fame to me, but a successful comedian in his own right, had a show here in DFW. And uh, I was telling Mason, really good set. And Brian opened for him and also had a really good set. Brian Both Breckenridge. Of, by the Brian way. Breckenridge, who was also uh, was at Childerberg the last two years. Um. Both of them said they didn't have new material. Either I was really drunk this time, and so it was all really hilarious stuff and new to me, or I was really drunk last time, or too nervous to listen last the last time because to me their entire set was brand new, uh, and and real good. Uh, Brian said he's he was a little bit rusty. He it's he hasn't done stand up in a while, and uh, but had some good new jokes, and I thought did very well and Robbie really crushed it. Uh, it was it was not a huge crowd but he did, you know, his performance didn't change just cuz the crowd was smaller. It was a really good show. So then we went out afterwards and had some beers and came back and I was hung over all day yesterday and then uh felt fine today and yeah. I, oh my Sounds like you did not take my uh get some uh fa in you suggestion no no i well i was going to and then i had to take victoria's mom to dallas uh for some sort she wanted to go to the museum or whatever so i dropped her off there and i was then i was like oh i'll get some on the way back but then i was like oh i want to fix the back door and so i was like i'll stop at home depot first mm-hmm. and, and got uh high grit sandpaper for my hand sander so that i could sand down the part of the door that sticks and it successfully I did, but then I got home and I went, Oh, I was going to go get pho. Yeah. I'll just eat salad. So that's what we had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like salad's not a bad choice, like, yeah. but, uh, we were going to have salad and, uh, like my daughter and I pizza, like we make, um, at a non bread. Mm. But, um, we were like, all right, we'll go to the butcher shop, which is, you know, 17 minutes away from the grocery store that we go to and it's 30 minutes away from our house so like we went out to the butcher shop and by the time we were gonna be home and like finally making dinner like lunch it would have been super late yesterday so we oh, okay went to pho <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah vietnamese coffee time and well, we'll soup. yeah man uh, the soup's good there's we have a pretty good one um you you went to a pho 79 right uh, we have a pretty good one called Kobe here that uh, is pretty good. interesting because yeah, it's like it's... a Japanese word. Oh, it is. Yeah. Like Kobe. Oh, I, beef, I, I, like I thought Kobe. Kobe like, yeah. 
I thought I was thinking Kobe Bryant. I thought they were like real big LA Lakers fans or something. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's where I, and everybody forgive me who's into basketball and that bullshit. I always assume that's where his name came from. Was yeah, I know, Kobe I know Japan. he was, I, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I know that he was like an international youth, uh, spoke like three languages and traveled around with his family all the time. Uh, really? His, his dad was a diplomat or something like that. Um, Something along those lines, but I know that he spoke several languages and was like like an international man. Uh, but you know, whenever I hear Kobe, I always just think of the Lakers. <laughs> so, but uh, uh, I thought also I have two. Oh no, yeah, they named him after the beef in Japan, oh, which they okay. saw on a restaurant menu. Um, oh, how funny! Okay, but his dad apparently played in the NBA okay. as well. I know that he lived in like Italy or something for a while and spoke Italian and I think he spoke German or something like that. One other language. And, uh, I don't know. I could be, I could be misremembering that or mixing it up with a different basketball. I mean, like, not that I think you're, I mean, like, you know, I'm not a, like it's the, from what I am seeing, it looks like he grew up in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, but again, I could be thinking of somebody else. But his favorite soccer team was AC Milan. So, I mean, it is quite possible that, like, this is just not making a reference to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that could be. I don't know. When I say, where did Kobe Bryant grow up? It said uh, Italy, um, in Tuscany, and also Philadelphia. So I guess yeah. Italy and Philadelphia. And, <laughs> so. and that's the, you know, the, you know how it is. Yeah. Um, like Wikipedia focuses on weird stuff. So yeah, either way, but yeah, it's apparently the, the beef. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so, okay. Well, it's funny. but that, I mean, that's what I, I don't, I, it's, it's kind of an eclectic place because it has really good pho. Mm-hmm. It has okay. Chinese food, not great sushi. Uh, Pretty good, pretty good, like stir fry. I, I don't mm-hmm. know, like I, I, it's not exactly hibachi, but it's like stir fried beef and vegetables. Yeah, it's pretty good. Stir-fried. Um, with like udon noodles, and uh, so it's like a weird. It's kind of like a weird place. I mean, it sounds like a kind of big hits of Asia. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. So we we like it. It's it's uh, we got it when Victoria was sick last time, and I, yeah. we, I mean, this was a while ago, and then. Uh, it's easy to order it online. That's that's kind of the clincher for me for restaurants is if it's easy to order and I don't have to talk to somebody, then <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where I want to go. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, our our favorite sushi place was like a Japanese Korean place uh, okay. called Sushi Mama, and like the last time we tried to go was like one of the last times like we had like Lillian was at like my parents' house or something like that. So we tried to go and like they were closed because they were quotes under new management. Oh. And I was like, why would you quote that part? Yeah. So I was thinking it was some sort of weird tax dodge because like they were, you know, they it was like this older lady who was the sushi mama or something like that. And it was like 
can never quite piece together like exactly what was going on. Yeah. But then, you know, there was like just not great staff most of the time, but still a place we really liked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, speaking of good staff, I have a winery review that I've been sitting on for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Because uh, I was in California and we went to a winery. Actually, I'm going to send you the website for this because you'll enjoy the pictures uh, or just the, the front picture. It's just kind of a cool place. Clearly a vanity project um, <laughs> because I mean this, they imported the stone for the building from Italy and like, or maybe from Spain. I can't remember what, where, but uh, <laughs> here, let me send it, let me send it to you. But uh, yeah, just kind of like one of those things where it's where like you get there and you're like the, the host who's a great host, by the way, he was, a, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that he didn't give a shit about either one of us, but was, but I felt like he did. <laughs> so, uh, one of those kind of things, but mm-hmm. he, uh, you know, where are you from? What do you do? You know, all that sort of stuff, but she was fine. And then when, and when you're drinking wine, it's like, you know, <laughs> you, you start, you just are like, Oh yeah, let's start talking a little bit. So it, it was, a, it was a good, uh, he was a good host. Um, but he was telling us about the place is that like the stone was imported from Italy or, or Spain or somewhere like that. And, uh, and then like there's all these items that were built into the structure that was like a fireplace from a building they tore down in Spain. And like uh, the, the sink was like a farmhouse wash basin from somewhere in Europe. And like uh, just all this all this stuff where I'm just kind of like so. And it wasn't crowded and I've never heard of this place. So now, granted, there's so many wineries. Uh, this is in this is in El Dorado County. Um there's so many wineries up there that I'm like, I probably haven't heard of most of them and that's fine, but I can't imagine that they make enough money for all of this stuff to be worth it. Uh, I mean, like looking at their, looking at their wine prices. Yeah. It's expensive. Um, Not really. I thought it was Victoria bought. um, Let me see if I can find the one that she, we she got two bottles of the or of uh what was it it was this really sweet wine um oh, angelica, yeah, I mean, there's... angelica that uh down what down at the bottom of yeah the, yeah in, their, in their sweet, sweet wines are expensive but yeah that's like that's their most expensive wines yeah and it's 60 dollars for the bottle but like all of their other wines are like the max, like their reserves infidel from 2016 is 60, at least on the website. I mean, it, yeah. you know, it certainly could be different, but then 34, 20, 29, like, yeah, as you were saying, like just kind of more to your hypothesis of a, you know, huge vanity project. Yeah. It's I just mean, like, you know, I, and I could, I could be totally wrong. They may produce tons of wine and sell, sell it. And they just sell enough that it doesn't matter. But I would imagine that the person who, started this winery probably was wealthy from something else. This is actually very typical of California wineries. Um, and a, a way to look out for deals is that, uh, so like leading up to the dot-com bubble burst, there was all of these people who made millions and millions of dollars from Silicon Valley had bought all of these wineries and stuff. And then, and they were like, Oh, this is going to be cool. I'm going to be able to go drink my own wine and all that sort of stuff. And it's, and it's like, well, first of all, running a, a 
a vineyard is is difficult and a winery is difficult. You have to know how to do it. It's not a it's not like a hobby. I mean, it could, it could be like you or I could make wine in our house and that would be a hobby. But like on a vineyard scale, you have to have some viticulture knowledge and some winemaking knowledge or you have to hire people to do that. So, so I, I was reading this really interesting article about it a while ago, and I'll try to recap it. I'm probably am making up half of it, but uh, this lady said during the dot com bubble, all of these people bought all of these wineries and stuff, and they were, and and they didn't really care that they weren't making any money. But when the dot com bubble burst, they went, "We don't want to have these wineries anymore because they are a money pit," mm-hmm. and uh, and so a ton of wineries. The I, I remember this specifically because uh, we've actually had a wine, uh, you know, the Grapskown Vineyard, uh, Monterey, Pinot Noir. Uh, we've had it. I think both of us had yeah, it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That vineyard or the vineyard that that comes from because it was a, it, the Gaps Crown, it was Ludum, which was a um, a partnership. But the, the Gaps Crown Vineyard, the, I think that this was it. I could be mixing it up. But that vineyard the people who own it and ran it purchased it right after the dot-com bubble burst for like pennies on the dollar from what the original owner bought it. And then, and it was, they had to tear out a ton of the grapes and put in new grapes and stuff like that. Cause it was, he hadn't done it correctly. He was like, well, I like cab, so I'm going to plant cab, but that area was not suited for cab. Uh, so that's what they were saying in, in this is that like, wait for a, a major bubble burst and these, extremely wealthy people will have had these vanity projects like this and they'll liquidate and you'll be able to get like an, an amazing, you know, obviously neither one of us is wealthy enough to do this right now, but, uh, you could get a vent, a vineyard like this for really cheap. If, if it truly is a vanity project. Now the, the, the counterpoint, I guess, against it, did I say what it was called? Maria Flores? You, okay. you didn't. Yeah. Okay. Maria Flores winery. Really good. So, uh, I thought it was a little bit expensive, but now looking at the price, I'm like, okay, it's not actually that bad. Um, yeah. Most, most of their stuff's in the thirties. Uh, I don't, I know I probably had it before, but I don't really recall anything in particular. They have uh wine made out of mission grapes, which are the grapes that were planted by the Spanish um, missionaries to Texas and Arizona and New Mexico and all those places and California and uh so, like shockingly good like cuz i i just i don't i don't know what i expected in my head but i was like oh i want to try the mission uh mission grapes but i was like i was kind of thinking it would be concord like it would be like not great mm-hmm. really really well done i thought um so if if ever any if anybody's ever out in around placerville california uh el dorado county if you go to maria flores uh, get that, get that mission, their mission red. It's just a made out of mission grapes. Really very good. The mission grapes are kind of an interesting grape. Um, we can actually talk about them if you want a little bit. I had a article that I pulled yeah. up earlier. I can well, probably pull it up real quick. How old do you think the winery is? Maybe 10 years. 96. Really? Okay. So yeah. Wow. So it was there when I lived there. Mm-hmm. Oh, how what? So, how weird. Well, it was so the guy was a doctor from like Columbia or is a doctor from Columbia. He bought the property like in 96 and he bought it and he was like, I really want to put vines here for some reason. 
Okay. And then um, he lives in Yuma, Arizona okay. for half the year. And then other half the year lives in San Diego where his daughters live. Oh, interesting. So, so he doesn't, he doesn't spend time at the vineyard or, or doesn't live there. Uh, from the article that I was reading, um, huh. it doesn't necessarily seem like that. That's interesting. Um, so that's the other thing about this. They, the way that this was all set up and situated, beautiful view of the vineyard where you, where you, the, there wasn't a bad seat in the tasting area. Um, and now it wasn't very crowded. So I, I, my guess is if it's, if they've got a lot of people there, it probably gets loud, but the outdoor portion, I mean, it was, it was like a perfect California thing. Like everybody always just talks about how great the weather in California is. And it's true. It, it is really good weather most of the time. And, um, it was a little bit hot down in the Valley, but up, up in the mountains there, um, it was pretty nice. And just the place where we sat was just, oh, that was the other thing too. Uh, all of the timber that was that was inside the building and that ha- made the like gigantic gazebo that we were under, re- it was reclaimed timber from like some saw- sawmill somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, really really beautiful and um, re- just a really cool great view. Uh, I could tell. I mean, it was just a nice property. I really I really enjoyed it. Plus, the wine was very good. I also had their cab franc, uh, which was which was good. Uh, I'm trying to remember what all I had. I should have written it all down. Uh, I had their Zinfandel, of course, because I was in California. So you got to have Zinfandel when you're in California. I, I had their Grenache. Um, I was about to ask, did you have yeah. the Grenache? Yeah, that one was really good. Uh, I did not have the Syrah. I did have the Malbec. I, I had a lot. I was I was pretty hammered by the time we left. Um, I we had to, we had to wait like a few minutes to. Oh, and then he and they took me into barrel tastings. Which I didn't. I thought was I thought was free, <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> so th- that was also on our bill, and uh, so we went and did some barrel tastings. We went into their like it's not it's not a real wine cellar, but it's like their show wine cellar. So we went in there, and then uh, there was this gay couple that was tasting at the same time we were tasting. Mm-hmm. But one of them was from Dallas, so <laughs> that was fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a good time. I really liked it. Uh, I'd like to go back up there again because it's just, it was a cool, a cool place. Yeah. It sounds like an enjoyable, like an enjoyable spot. Yeah. With like, I want to say like well put together, you know what I mean? Like it, it's right. not, it didn't, it doesn't sound like it wasn't. Yeah. They may have rated like all of these things to make like this doctor's you know like place but it's also like yeah it wasn't like and here's like a new lady statue and here's like yeah it wasn't gaudy a it was, yeah. like it was yeah i mean it was i want to recreate this specific yeah. feeling yeah so it was like a beautiful property and the building and everything was beautiful on it it's just what what really st- stood out to me about it was when the host was telling us about all of the everything that was reclaimed in there. And I'm just in my head, just seeing ching, ching, ching. I'm going like, how does this guy have this much money to spend on a building like this? You're shipping all this crap over here from Europe. Uh, but you know, again, beautiful location really. And, uh, I, I liked it a lot. I, I mean, if I was a gazillionaire or whatever, I'd, I'd do something like that just cause it's beautiful. Right. And so it, you know, like Ashley and I are, Ashley and I were talking about it. Like if we 
won that like $1.6 billion <laughs> lottery, yeah. like just the stupid crap we'd end up yeah. doing. I was, you know, like in Tennessee, they have that elephant sanctuary. They have one down here in Texas too. Down, oh yeah. Down, but I mean, that, down near Austin. That was basically my thought. I was just oh. like, you know, it's like, oh, we, you know, it's like a hundred thousand acre property in like Texas. It's like, how do you guys live in the middle of an elephant sanctuary? Uh, they hired us. We didn't win the lottery. <laughs> That's always what I always uh, say is that if, if I did win the lottery, I wouldn't tell anybody. I would, yeah. I would claim it because you can claim it in a trust. Uh, you, you can. Uh, you can claim it in a trust, but the trust, the beneficiary of the trust in most states have to be named. So you're not, there's no claiming it. In, like in Virginia, you cannot claim anonymously. Like it's part of the law. Oh, uh, that allows the lottery to operate. I don't think that's the case in California. I think in California, you are allowed to claim it anonymously. Well, the federal government also made it so that, and I'm not, I can't speak to trust, yeah. but there are no anonymous LLCs. The all owners yeah. of an LLC have to be named. So, well, that would make it difficult because I don't want people showing up with their hand <laughs> open. Well, like, not so that I'm going to win, but <laughs> yeah. So, like, my thought is if you win, you immediately like basically have to transfer the money into like a like they're called hybrid trusts where it's like it's a US based trust, but what it is is it's a domesticated Cook Island trust. Oh, okay. So like basically they like, you know, and this is one of those things where like in the Cook Islands, if somebody sues you, they have to go to the Cook Islands. They have to fly a judge in from New Zealand and they have one year to sue you. Yeah. And they don't recognize any other country's foreign judgments. Hmm. So as long as you like, they literally had one where like somebody like the IRS sued, let's just say the IRS sued your dad. And then yeah. let's just say that your dad passed and then the IRS went to your mom and was like, hey, give us the money. And your mom's just like, I don't want to deal with this. Hey, give them the money. And then the trustee in the like in New Zealand went, no. Or like yeah. in the Cook Island, they're like, no, this is this is under distress. We we won't transfer the funds. And eventually huh. the IRS just gave up and settled. Like, oh, for weird. some yeah. super stupid small amount of money. Now if you're a billionaire, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're gonna make life hell. But well, this is this is what the what what the internet says in Texas is a prize winner who elects to remain anonymous must specify that choice at the time of claiming their lottery prize. So you are allowed to claim it where they will not publicize you. My guess is that obviously you're gonna have to file the tax forms for it. So. Uh, the IRS will know and well, yeah. So, but, but apparently the, in the Texas lottery, which I is, a, I mean, it's the same lottery everywhere, but the Texas state, uh, you can claim it anonymously if you want. Nice. So, yeah. I've often wondered like if you win in like, say, Vir like if you buy the ticket in Virginia and you're a resident of Virginia. Yeah. Who gets the taxes? There's a certain time frame where you can claim. Yeah. Yeah, just move. Like, yeah, so. But I think, and this is one of those things where 
I don't know this to be 100% true, but I thought I've heard this before. It's like, say you were in California and you happen to buy a Mega Millions ticket and you flew home. California is the state where the ticket was bought. So that's where the taxes for state are due. That's true. And they do record where all those tickets are bought. So like, uh, so I guess they would know. And yeah, I don't know. It would be definitely fun to win a billion dollars. I mean, after tax, I guess it would be 500 million, but still that's nothing to sneeze at. So, well, yeah. So the, the, the 1.69 or the 1.6 was a, if you elected the cash was 760 million dollars or $760 million before taxes. Okay. Wow. That's a lot. So the new drawing price is $1.9 billion. So wow. okay. I think theoretically it may cross over the two mark before just because of the rampant buying that happens. So yeah, they have had that happen where basically like they're like, Oh yeah, the next should be 1.9 and then it'll go over that. So. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty yeah. crazy. Do you get a ticket? I, I bought a ticket for, so we, we get the glass milk bottles Yeah, and they have a deposit. So we had to, when we turn them back in, that's what I use is like either my lottery money or like given to my daughter money just for goofing oh, yeah. off stuff. Sure, sure. Um, so we bought, we went to the grocery store on Saturday. So we turned in two bottles and that's where we, okay. um, so we bought tickets, but we didn't win because no one won. Yeah, so, right. Well, yeah, I should I mean, probably, somebody may have won, we may have won something. I don't know. <laughs> I just right. got to check them. Yeah. So, well, Childerberg would happen early if I won. So Childerberg town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so have you, uh, had any drinks this week that you want to talk about or actually well, the last couple of weeks? Yeah, so I've I I had we we talked about the um cuz on that episode that we didn't publish, I think. That's the one where we I had that um like Romanian like Pinot oh, Grigio. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, you know what? And I got uh to compare it with I got a Georgian. Yeah. And I can tell you what it is while you're talking. I'll look it up. Yeah, so but that's kind of out of date at this point for me, like memory wise, but I, um, went, so yesterday I was like, okay, I need to go get some more sea salt spray for my hair. I need to get a cigar and I'm going to drive past at least one brewery on the way to do all this. So I went to bold Mariner, which is, excuse me, a local military heavy brewery. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't like all, I don't like going in there very much because like I'm moving to like, I want to move to Texas to get away from the military. Sure, so, yeah. but they had a collab with Reaver beach and I was like, I walked in and oh, I was that's, just like, yeah. hey. okay. and they were like, Hey, like, what are you looking, you know, Hey, what's going on? And I was just like, Hey, I'm you know, trying to see what you guys have on can. And they're like, okay, like what style are you looking for? I was like something dark. And they're like, well, we only got one thing that's dark mm. and it's a Czech style lager collab with reaver beach and i was like i'll take it and the guy was kind of like he was gonna need to sell me on it and i was uh, already like no i'm good so yeah um you know reaver beach beach brewing um it's the one that we had at my wedding um yeah. well we used so, to we used to go down there quite a bit because yeah. it was early on in like the in our friendship yeah. there wasn't that many breweries around there there was yeah, there like reaver beach breweries. was one of the first yeah weren't many breweries 
that were in the new wave because there were several older wave breweries like right. St. George and yeah, uh, some right, of those. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was one of the early ones and they never really have gotten much in stores. Um, but you know, it was Czech style lager. It had like a bready note to it. It was dark. Like it was good, but it wasn't great. Cause it like halfway through the sip, it would pick up like another yeast flavor that I didn't particularly care for. And I was hoping it would be a lot like Kozel, which is a really good Czech beer, but you know, wasn't so it, but I mean for 14 bucks for four pint cans, was not bad? And you know, it's one of those ones that I like Reaver beach and I do like a lot of bold Mariner stuff. So wasn't in their local so it wasn't bad to support from there so in my uh classic inability to read this was not from georgia this was from (laughs) italy but georgia was in the name (laughs) (laughs) but it wasn't bad (laughs) so i i was gonna say nothing to write home about um it was just, I said it was just a good, a very good standard Pinot Grigio. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it's not from Georgia. It's from Italy. It just has Georgia in the name. Antica, Corte, Georgia, Pinot Grigio. I and, wonder, like, I wonder if, I wonder if that somehow has a relation to Georgia. Like, that could be. The vines were taken from Georgia, you know, something like that. That'd be interesting yeah. if that was like the case. I mean, it'd be hard to, if they weren't advertising that, it'd be hard to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it oh, was, it was pretty inexpensive. I think it was like 12 bucks. So, uh, not bad. yeah, not bad. I, I think that my guess is it's just probably like a standard Italian Pinot Grigio. And, um, I oh, liked it. For- I mean, I, I do like Pinot Grigio. I, I think I like, yeah. um, Sauvignon Blanc a little bit better when it comes to white wine. Um, Actually, and I'll probably save it for next show. I've got some great reviews to do of Ricky's new batch of wine from Altamarfa, which he had some really interesting. I actually I got to message him about that, too, because there was one that it says on the label that it's a white. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it was an orange because it was tannic and uh, and it was also a very dark yellow color. Well, uh, what we should try to do if we can is see if he'll come on again to talk about him. Yeah, since. Like it's been a long time since we've spoken to him yeah, on yeah. the show. I mean, you, you talk to him every once in a while otherwise, right. yeah. but like, you know, it's like, Hey, can we get 20 minutes to talk about like what this one was or something like that? Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be that. I think that, cause that one I out of the batch, like all of it was really good. One of the things that I thought was really cool about this, uh, I guess I'll talk about it now, <laughs> but uh, I'll talk about it briefly. Cause it was like yeah. it, one of the yeah. coolest parts about this package that uh, was sent this time is that he had, there was three Tempranillos, each from a different type of soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was just a really cool, uh, just to see what the difference is, because they're the same type of grape, same genetic, very, very uh, varietal. So, because, you know, like there's, there's, there could be several different cabs. There could be several different Tempranillos. These were all the same and three different soil types. And I thought that was just a really neat, uh, just kind of fun to, to try all three and go like, oh, this is, that's interesting. This is like this. And, ooh, this one's interesting. This one's like this. Uh, 
very very cool. I, th- I thought that was really cool. And then um, also had uh, Victoria really liked this one. Um, the uh, Torrega Nacional or whatever the that Portuguese grape that's in like all of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that one was very good as well. I think it was uh, grown in New Mexico because I don't think he's got anything from his vineyard yet. I think it's still his vineyard's a little too young still. Yeah, but, and um, I think he also had some issues with like uh, like uh, damage to the vines multiple oh, times. Okay, right? yeah. Um, I don't remember. I, I think there was something. I don't. I don't recall. But uh, I think they are. I think they're ramping up to get to that point where they are producing stuff from their vineyard but right now he's got really good sources of grapes some from new mexico and some from uh hill country and uh yeah i just I, I'll, I'll reach out to him see if we can get him on because I, I i would be interested to talk to him a little bit about that because the one the one was the orange wine i thought was the most interesting out of the out of the pack just because i was like oh this is something that's completely different than what i expected yeah and there was a rosé in there too, which was pretty good. Nice. Uh, ro- rosé of Tempranillo. It was uh, sort of like Laser Cat. So, all right. Well, that's all I have to say, I think. Yeah. I, you know, the, <laughs> the time change. Thank you, government, for effing with our lives further. So, got yep. that anti government in there. Um, yeah, I'm pretty exhausted. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, then I'll tell everybody to stay free. Stay free.